Good Monday morning, folks. This is Mornings in the Spirit with Pastor Doug. And today we're finishing up our more what what I've been reflecting on with Blessed are the peacemakers, for they they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And we've already talked about why it is necessary to make peace, because the world is filled with hatred and violence. Although those who are seeking peace are hungering for someone to come along and show them how to make peace. People are tired, sick and tired of all the the uh, media presentations on either side of the question, I think. They're sick and tired of hearing the politicians not taking responsibility and of beating each other up. They're tired of that, and so our world needs peace. That was the first uh, deal. And the second was... Uh, very similar to that, it was how Christ, how God is the reconciler, how he brings people together through the cross. And uh, uh, one verse would be kind of a transition between that podcast and this, and it's in Colossians, the first chapter in verse 20, where it says that he was in Christ making peace through his blood. He was making peace through his blood. You see, you have to have the right tools. You have to have the right abilities. And you have to have the right power to make peace. If you don't, then you just get clobbered in your efforts of making peace. But God sent Christ in order that he might make peace, that he might make peace between the different religious factions that were of the day, that he might make peace between uh, families and uh, just on every level that he might make peace. Now, because he was the authoritative peacemaker, sometimes he he laid things out, like in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, what things made for peace in the kingdom of God. And sometimes those brought about a very negative response. But nonetheless, It is still true that all of his teachings in that sermon are the great, would be the great summary of what God has brought to man in order to make peace. But it could not happen, it it could not happen without the blood of the cross, because the blood of the cross is what uh, makes for forgiveness. It's the protection that God 
has for his sheep that he would even lay down his life for the sheep, thus making peace for the sheep so that there would be one fold and one shepherd and they can live in peace. In the cross, God is showing us that he is willing to make peace with us even while we are enemies in our spirits, enemies with God. And so he turns enemies into his children, turns us from the kingdom, the realm of darkness, into the realm of his son. He makes peace through his atoning death. In fact, with, with the enemies, with us being enemies, he actually made a covenant of peace. And that covenant was made through his blood. So all of us who partake of the blood of Christ uh, in, in a, uh, a metaphorical sense within communion, and in a real sense, in that we take into our lives the very nourishment that comes from his blood, the forgiveness of sins, and so forth. But anyway, uh, Colossians 1.20 is the transition between the reconciling work of God and Christ and what we're going to talk about today, and that is what what I'm meditating on today and asking you to is to meditate upon how it is that we that we make peace okay so this will take a work of the spirit and it will take the internalizing of different scriptures I'm only going to take two scriptures today. One is in James, the fourth chapter. Remember, the theme is how to make peace. James said, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Uh, James goes on in, in powerful teaching about these passions, these desires that war within us. And so it is true that even as, as James and Paul, when Paul was speaking in Romans, the seventh chapter, he said, I desire to do good. I desire to do good. But I find that there is a law within me that when I desire to do good, 
I do what is evil. I cannot do what I want to do. And so he speaks very clearly of this warring within our hearts, in our souls, that uh, the, the Spirit of God is warring with our own desires and passions and, and fleshly natures. And, and Paul was so discouraged, he's, he even called this, this warfare a, a body of death. Like he was walking while he was still dead. Who can deliver me from this body of death, Paul said. Then he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. And then in Romans 8, there is therefore uh, no, uh, you know, there is therefore no uh, condemnation. You get, I mean, that is powerful. There is therefore no condemnation to those of us who walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. And so, as Paul speaks of that warfare, he also speaks of the victory that comes as we humble ourselves before God. We must understand that our passions that war within us with the Spirit, with our own better natures, these these passions and desires are selfish. They seek fulfillment uh, in, a, in a very selfish way so that whenever we have fulfillment of these passions and desires, we, we even ask God to fulfill them so that we might uh, spend these passions and desires for our own pleasure. And you can just about hear those that are wrestling with this during James Day when, when he says you desire to have but you don't have and so you kill, you covet, cannot get what you want so you quarrel and fight. And then you do not have because you do not ask God. And and you can almost hear right at the end of that somebody saying, I do ask God for these things. I do ask God to bless my life. I do ask God for material things. I do ask God for uh, any number of things that, you know what? They're, they're not spiritual things. They're not spiritual growth. We ask God sometimes for things that are purely for our comfort in life. And so James says, okay, you ask God and you do not get these things. Why don't you get them? Well, you don't get them because you want to spend what you get on your own pleasures. And so these passions and desires that battle within us and that cause fights and quarrels both within the families and within the churches 
and within nations and between nations. These passions, these desires uh, can never satisfy us. Now, we draw back to that earlier beatitude that said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. In other words, they have a passion, a desire, a craving for righteousness. And that craving and that passion does not strive within us with the spirit of the living God. That passion, that passion for righteousness is something that that embeds with what the Holy Spirit wants in our lives. And when we crave that righteousness, then the Holy Spirit grants us that righteousness. When what we pray for is to be righteous, when we pray for righteous cravings in our lives, when we take stock of our lives and we see the the fleshly nature within our lives. And we ask God that he would make us righteous. Well, then those prayers are answered. And then we don't have the warfare. There's no reason to quarrel with anyone if we are not quarreling within ourselves, if we are at peace with God inside of ourselves by having a passion for His righteousness. I don't know how, how clear that's coming through on the podcast, but I, I hope and pray that I hope and pray that you are in the spirit on this day. And that you are able to see the, uh, the desires that battle within you, that bring about hot tempers and bring about fits of rage, bring about wrath, bring about bitterness. That's the fruit of these desires that battle within us. They battle for the victory of possessing our inner lives and destroying the beauty of God's righteousness within us. But I want you to take this and go forth with this. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Sometimes he who is in the world becomes part of your life and causes you to, to strive for and to have passion for and cravings for that which does not satisfy. In fact, you will do whatever you can in order to satisfy that desire. Well, 
Never, never, never will that bring peace. But what brings peace and what enables you to make peace is in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And I will just read this text without uh, commentary. That's going to be a lot of work. But I'll just read this uh, text, verses 4 through the first part of verse 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. Do you see how that... Well, there's the commentary. Do you see how that brings peace, though? How that how that makes peace, does not dishonor others, is not self-seeking. It's exactly opposite of these passions and desires. It is not easily angered. Wow. I mean, if we could just actually pause before we speak in anger and calm down and allow the peace of Christ to be made inside of us, then what comes out of us will, will not be anger. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. My friends, draw near in the Spirit and allow the Spirit to make in you the qualities of love. And then, and only then, will you be able to make peace. May God bless you and give you peace this day. For it is in our Lord's name that I pray it. Amen.